Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Manoff Manji, back in the saddle to talk another week of NBA basketball. And you guys know how we do it here. We'll recap our picks from last week. We'll talk about some marquee matchups on the Friday night card. And of course, our best bets in Friday five uh, contest. And of course, our player prop best bet. But joining me here to help me break it all down. You guys know him as the voice. He is Sleepy Jay. Sleepy, what's going on, my man? How you doing this uh, Thursday evening? I'm doing quite well. No complaints here. Getting ready for another NBA card. So gearing up and, and locking in for uh, the weekend. Should be fun. Yeah, a lot of action happening this weekend. And we're starting to see some trades and you know rumors starting to happen this time of year, especially in the NBA with the trade deadline approaching in. One of the dominoes did finally fall here. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But first, let's recap our picks from last week. And I'm going to be honest, I got off to a great start to the season. Uh, I've been on a little bit of a cold streak here. Last week, I did have the Rockets team total to go over the 116 and a half. And this one stings a little bit because they were going up against at that time last week in the Detroit Pistons, who were one of the uh, worst defenses in the entire association. And you take a look at what they did in the second and third quarter, did the Rockets in those game in that game against the Pistons. They scored 32 points in the second quarter, and then in the third quarter, they scored 33. So the two quarters combined, they scored 65 points. But it was the first and fourth quarter that kind of uh, did this in and, and got me to the losing window and not able to get to the window. So I took another loss there. Hopefully I can bounce back here on the Friday card. And then, our player prop best bet uh, fell short as well. We had Demonis Sabonis over 21 and a half points in a game against the Philadelphia 76 is where see, I think our um, handicap was correct because Embiid was already ruled out for that game and thinking that Sabonis would have some success in that game. But uh, just didn't get enough shot attempts in that game did Demonis Sabonis. But hopefully, you know, we'll turn the ship around here on the Friday card here and find a, another player prop best bet. But you salvage the night here. For us, Sleepy, you had the Clippers minus seven and a half. That one got us to the window. So we had a one and two night. But Clippers took care of business as a seven and a half point favorite in that game. 128 to 119, Sleepy. Yeah, I think it was interesting from the Memphis Grizzlies standpoint. You know, you start out the season, it's not going well. Maybe you're floating above water a little bit and uh, jaw comes back. And obviously Memphis had had a big uphill battle to go ahead and climb in. He comes back. They win a bunch of games right there, right in a row, and then he goes out. And they they go out. They they beat Dallas the first game that he's ruled out now for the remainder of the season. And I'm just like, you know what? The wind's gonna come out of this team, and I actually think it, it might be the game against the Clippers. Now, I've seen some teams fight, you know, maybe for like a game or two or three, but eventually, like the bottom kind of falls out. And it's funny because as I watch the game, yeah, the the, the pick cashed. But I don't think that that was the game in which, you know, the bottom absolutely fell out for Memphis. So uh, I felt like right pick, wrong handicap. And if you ask any handicapper, professional handicapper, you know, we feel we feel pretty fulfilled if we can get the handicap right, the pick right. And sometimes if you, you know, you're close within the score and everything like that, like that, that's kind of like the handicapper's dream that, to, to hit it all. So I went into that game feeling really, really confident that the Grizzlies were going to pretty much uh, look really, really bad and, and have the bottom fall out. But it wasn't the case. You know, they ended up fighting that game. So fortunate. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. And that's kind of what I felt about the Rockets. But I felt like the handicap that I had was uh, pretty spot on. And would I make that same bet again? Absolutely. But it just didn't get to the window uh, for myself. But hey, nonetheless, we do get to the window with the Clippers minus seven and a half salvaging our night. So we can turn the page from last week and look forward to the Friday night card in the association on this coming Friday. Sleepy, like I mentioned at the top of the uh, show here, that uh, we are a few weeks away from the trade deadline here in the NBA. And one team that's been very active on trading uh, their players and kind of retooling has been the Toronto Raptors. We saw the trade of OG Ananobi going over to the New York Knicks for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. And now this week, we see the next domino fall um, in the NBA, in particular for this Toronto Raptors team where they do trade Pascal Siakam, who has been in trade rumors for you know, the course of this season and going back to last season as well, and it finally came into fruition. So the official trade that uh, Toronto Raptors trading Pascal Siakam uh, to the Indiana Pacers for a package of uh, Bruce Brown in return from the Pacers, Jordan Nawara, and three first round picks for the uh, Toronto Raptors. Also, uh, Kyra Lewis is also headed to the to, um, to the Indiana Pacers in that trade. So Pascal Siakam heads over to the Indiana Pacers, hoping that the Pacers can create a future duo of at least right now of Tyrese Halliburton and Pascal Siakam. Um, Sleepy, what, were your, what was your reaction when you did hear about this trade of Pascal Siakam going over to the Indiana Pacers to be with Tyrese Halliburton, at least for the rest of this season, at least. I wasn't surprised because we were already talking about Halliburton being out, and we talked a little bit about maybe making a play on the Pacers to go ahead and and miss the playoffs because Halliburton was so important to that team. But I don't know if you and I had had mentioned this before, like if there was a team that was going to look to go ahead and make maybe like a big leap, maybe Indiana would be one of those teams. Um and we obviously did that here with, with Siakam. So I can see that probably working out. Uh, we talked a little bit about maybe people might not want to see this Pacers team because they can run, and now you add a piece like Siakam, and I don't think they lost anything. Maybe they'll lose something for the future. Obviously, the Raptors, they gained for the future. A big deal with you know Bruce Brown and the players that they got, but the three first-round picks, it, it it's not like – it's not like you have to build from the ground up if you're Toronto. You have Scotty Barnes. Like We just talked about this, I think, in our last podcast, that they were looking to go ahead and build around him, and that was probably going to be the guy that, that they said, you know what, we'll build around him. And R.J. Bear, even though he hasn't had you know, like an all-star season, he, he it seems like to me like he fits rather well with Toronto, and it looks like that's going to be their core nucleus. And Bear, you know, he's more than likely – you know, what is he in, like his 50 year or something like that? Like this is going to be the prime years of his career. So you can only see him probably staying at this level, and that's what they're going to need. So I think Toronto's probably uh, give or take two, three years away from being a, a real threat. But the Pacers, I mean, they were a threat already this year. They can only become, you know, more of a threat now with Siakam. You're going to get Halliburton back. We talked about nobody wanting to see this team. Now I don't think anybody wants to see this team, and that would include – you know, the teams like the Bucks and, and and Boston. Yeah, and we talk about this Eastern Conference, right, that for at least this season, the past several seasons, it's, it's been top-heavy, right? We talked about the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, 
um, and the Boston Celtics, right? I know Miami Heat are a team that aren't a regular season team, but they can turn it off, turn it on in the playoffs. And we've seen that not only last year, but some of the prior years for this Miami Heat team. So I think there was a little window open for another team to make a move and start maybe possibly entering that conversation of at least being a contender in the Eastern Conference. And obviously we knew that when the Indiana Pacers acquired Tyrese Halliburton, that they saw something in him, that he was going to be a future all-star for this team and kind of a, a cornerstone piece for them to build around. And when the opportunity came to acquire a player like Pascal Siakam, because Let's be honest, and I think a lot of NBA fans um, know this, that when Halliburton's out of this lineup for the Indiana Pacers, this offense looks completely different. I don't think that that comes as a obvious, you know, it's a captain, captain obvious statement, but I think that needed to go out and get another consistent score because we've seen Halliburton, at least over the last two seasons, miss some type of extended time. This offense has to completely different. And now you have Siakam in the case that if Halley does get injured, that you can rely on guys like Siakam to be that 20 to 25 point per score night or per night for you. And you get contributions from the other guys on this team. Like we talked about the uh, the the Benedict Matherins of the world, um, the Miles Turners of the world, the Andrew Nimhards of the world. So the good news, at least for the Pacers fan, is, is that Halley is supposed to return possibly maybe this week and if not early next week. Because he was upgraded to questionable on the on the, at least a third state card uh, until he did get ruled out. But like you mentioned, right, this Pacers team now has a f- two building blocks for the future. It will be seen that if Siakam does end up resigning with this team in the offseason, but at least for right now, I don't think this team is done making moves because we also heard the rumors of Buddy Heald possibly being on the move with Miles Turner as well. So at least right now. I mean, we talked about last week, like you mentioned, that for this team to miss the playoffs. But right now, like you mentioned, I 100% agree with you that because of the style of play that this team has, and now you add a guy like Pascal Siakam, I think this team is going to be obviously in the conversation for, you know, in the playoffs, but also a team like you mentioned, Sleepy, that maybe a lot of teams don't want to see, you know, in the playoffs when, when that time does come around. So, um I think it's a it's a good trade uh, for the Pacers. Um, you know, we talked about the first round draft picks. Maybe they do lose something in the future there, like you mentioned here. But at least for right now, I think that the Indiana Pacers made the right move here by going out and acquiring Pascal Siakam here, Sleepy. I agree. I think it's a great move for them. And I also think it was kind of a great move for Toronto in a sense, too. Yeah. Now, yeah. Toronto ended up getting away from Siakam. Now they got away from Ananobi. So, you know, they, they're they clearing the roster. Here's what I will say, though. Be careful messing with Toronto because currently right now they're not in the playoffs. They're, what are they, two games, three games, two games as right now I'm looking, two full games away from the 10th seed in the East. Yep. They already got three first-round picks. If this team doesn't win that many more games left, you have to wonder maybe what they're eyeing for this particular draft coming up. So I would just be careful with the route. I'm not saying that they're going to tank, but they have a lot of excuses mm-hmm. if they don't win a bunch of games right now. It's like, oh, we shipped this guy out. We shipped that guy out. You know, we got a lot of picks. We're, we're rebuilding for the future. Um, I would just be careful. Just be careful. You start seeing, you know, Scotty Barnes showing up on injury reports and, and R.J. Barrett showing up on injury reports and stuff like that. I would just be careful. Um, it just, just, just keep your – Keep your eyes and ears open with Toronto because you don't want to end up with, you know, a couple tickets or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing the, uh, you know, the star players sit and 
you start seeing them lose a bunch of games and it's like, man, I could have been in front of this, you know, tank job because uh, I think that there's a decent probability that that could happen here with the Raptors. They're going to have to rip off a bunch of wins anyway to end up making the playoffs. But just it's one of those things like we've seen it before, you know, it possibly could happen again. So just alerting our listeners, just just be careful with Toronto. Keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah, even the front office already came out and said um, that they probably still have another one or two trades uh, that they do want to make before the trade deadline uh, passes for this season, at least. So one thing that's really sticking out about Toronto right now, so I'm looking at the standing 16 and 26, like you mentioned, they're two games out of that 10 seed for that play-in tournament. They're 0-10 in the division are the Toronto Raptors uh, thus far this season. They did drop the game against the Chicago Bulls uh, earlier tonight. Uh, 116-110. Steve, let's turn the page here. Let's get over to the Friday card. And again, the Friday night means there are a couple of marquee matchups on the card. And we'll start here with the first one with one team that is undefeated at home. That is the Boston Celtics. They are going to welcome the defending world uh, champions. I don't know what they call it, the world champions. I'll call them the NBA champions. The Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. Heading to Beantown. Currently, as it stands right now, Sleepy, the Boston Celtics are a five and a half point home favorite with a total of 234 in this game. And taking a look at the uh, injury report for this game between these two teams, I know the Boston Celtics were without uh, a couple of players in their last game, but here, but officially on the injury report right now for the Boston Celtics, I am currently seeing that nobody's on the injury report. Everybody is going to be a go in this game. Uh, for the Denver Nuggets, a pretty clean injury report as well. Only player that is probable is going to be Aaron Gordon. He is dealing with a right shoulder sprain. So there's going to be a fun matchup to watch here between these two squads here. Sleepy, uh, let's talk about the side and the total in this game. Minus five and a half in favor of the Boston Celtics. What are you thinking about this game? Well, I think I'd probably end up taking Boston. I tried to fade Boston the other day, or at least I actually didn't make a bet against them, but I actually thought the Spurs, believe it or not, getting 16 points would be able to hold up against Boston. One, there were a couple players that were out for Boston. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, some of these bad teams going into, you know, playing, you know, teams like the Lakers, Boston, you know, the defending champion Nuggets and going out there and just giving it all. And maybe the Spurs did, I don't know. But they came up short. So this is going to be an interesting game because you have, you know, two of the title favorites going going head-to-head here. But I feel like Boston here at home is just – they're just going to be too strong, especially with uh, players that had a couple days rest. You know, I think they come in here uh, maybe actually focusing on defense. I I, I don't know what – what did you say the total was in this game? 234. And that feels like maybe it might be a touch high. Boston's defense has really stepped up the last two games – 96, 98 points. Uh, maybe the under would be worth a look, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would want to play Denver here in this spot. Like you said, Aaron Gordon, shoulder spring, that that's that could be troublesome. I would probably take Boston and, um, you know, the, like Boston's like one of those teams that they try to go ahead and send a message. You know, I talked about that with you mm-hmm. before. And maybe they try to send a yeah. message here to the Nuggets, especially on their floor, um, you know, that, that you're not going to go into our house and you're not going to beat us if, you know, this is eventually the matchup. So, yeah, it would be Boston for me. I just think there's too many positives for them and maybe maybe not enough positives here for the Nuggets. 
I mean, you take a look at this Nuggets team, right? Especially this season that it's been their home and road split. At least ATS has been something that kind of stands out uh, on the page here. So for the Denver Nuggets at home this season, 17 and four straight up, 11, nine and one against the spread. But on the road this season, the Denver Nuggets are 11 and 10 straight up, seven and 14 against the spread. So they haven't been able to get it done on the road this season. Now you're going up against a Boston team. Like I mentioned, are undefeated at home, 20 and uh, 20 and 0. They are 13 and 8 against the spread on their home floor, are the Boston Celtics. And like you mentioned, Sleepy, that they're trying to go out there and send a message. And now this is a team that I have tried to fade at home against certain opponents, and it just doesn't hasn't worked out for me. And like you mentioned, that their defense has been really stepping up at home. They're holding their opponents to 108 points. Uh, 108.4 points per game in their 20 home games thus far this season. They're scoring themselves 124 points per game at home this season. So um, I can look at the Boston Celtics side here again. Like you mentioned, they're going to have a healthy squad. Everybody's going to be a go in this game for the Boston Celtics. And this is not a team that I want to fade on their uh, on their home floor. It's just simple as that here for me. So minus five and a half uh, for me here as well for the Boston Celtics. Do you have any else, anything else for this game? No, that's probably about it for me for that one. All right, let's get over to the next game on the Friday card here, a Western Conference matchup in New Orleans. The New Orleans Pelicans will welcome the Phoenix Suns to town. Currently, as it stands, Pelicans are a two-point home favorite with a total of 236 in this game. And taking a look at the injury report uh, for both of these squads, your Phoenix Suns, uh, we saw Bobo starting to get some minutes for the Phoenix Suns. He is going to be out for this game with a right foot sprain. Damian Lee continues to be out for this Phoenix Suns team as well. And for the New Orleans Pelicans, I know we've talked about this a, a couple times over the last uh, couple pods, Sleepy, that they're finally healthy. Uh, only player that is out for this team is going to be Matt Ryan, but he was a guy that was pretty much filling in when they had guys in and out of the lineup. So this New Orleans uh, Pelican squad is healthy. They are going to welcome Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. Now we have seen the debut of the big three and a couple of games under their belt for the Phoenix Suns here. But let's start with the side here, Sleepy. Minus two in favor of the Pelicans. What are your thoughts on the side here? I guess I'm still a little salty with this Pelicans team. I mean, we went back, uh, what it was, maybe it was like two weeks ago, Manoff, where the Clippers were going in there. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought the Pelicans would be able to hold hold their uh, you know hold their own weight there. And didn't turn out to be the case. Um they hung tough in the entire first quarter, but then after that, it was pretty much, you know, the Clippers throughout the rest of that game. So I just wonder, like, stepping up in class here for this Pelicans team, if they're really ready for that. And, you know, they've showed at times, like, yeah, we can go out there and we can beat some of the better teams in the league. But, you know, sometimes they just lay duds. You know, they got beat by by Denver on the road by double digits, uh, a loss to Dallas that I don't, I don't even think Luka ended up playing in that game. So maybe I'm still salty, but... The Phoenix Suns, I mean, they're going to be a healthy team coming in here. There's a team that's won, what, like three in a row. They're going to get, look to go ahead and extend some type of a winning streak. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can overlook the, the opening season odds, like where this Phoenix Suns team was. I mean, they were one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to go win the title. So we knew they were going to be good. And maybe it's just, you know, one of those things where they already have it going, you know. And it's not like this team hasn't practiced together. I mean, yeah, we didn't see them on the floor too much, but they're playing pretty good basketball right now. I would probably just go ahead and take the Suns, the fact that they're running hot, and the fact that the Pelicans at times, sometimes even at home, you know, they kind of do let you down. So um, 
I guess I would do that. I don't know what to think like from X's and O's, which team is probably better. I'd probably still think the, the Suns probably could still do some things and, and have some positive uh, matchups, you know. So, I, I, I'd take the Suns. I think the way you feel about the uh, the Pelicans is how I feel about the Suns because they've when I've tried to back them they've let me down, um, and I've been a fan of this Pelicans team right. I know it's a couple of seasons ago when they acquired CJ McCollum and they had the I believe it was a series against this Phoenix Suns team, um, and they weren't fully healthy at that time. I right? didn't have Zion at that time, but now I talk about this Pelicans team that they're completely different now when they have their guys healthy. It's not even their big three, uh, if you want to call them that, in CJ McCollum, Zion, and um, Brandon Ingram. But it's the guys that they're supporting cast and guys like Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado. Like those are the guys that provide the length and you know provide a matchup nightmare on the defensive side because those guys have the length. Um, so this is going to be a fun X's and O's matchup and see how you know um, their head coach. Willie Green matches up those guys with, you know, Devin Booker, obviously Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal has looked good, obviously, for this Phoenix Suns team shooting the basketball and being able to contribute and help out the scoring uh, for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. But this Pelicans team at home ha- has been pretty solid. They are 13 and 8 straight up, 13 and 8 against the spread, covering close to 62% of their home games. And over their last five ro- home games, I should say, uh, they're 4 and 1 straight up. Uh, they are three and two against the spread, but they have been taking care of business. Um, they beat the Jazz by seven. They beat the Lakers by twenty. They beat the uh, New uh, sorry New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets by twenty seven. They did take that L, like we talked about that Clippers game, but then they bounced back um, at home against the Charlotte Hornets and beating them by twenty here. So I think there's a good spot here for the Pelicans. I'll, I'll back the Pelicans here on the short uh, two here. And, and also, sleepy. You take a look at the last game for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they had to come from behind against the Sacramento Kings and they Sacramento Kings had a 22 point lead in that. I believe it was entering that fourth quarter in their last game. And give it again, give Phoenix Suns a credit for coming back in that game and uh, just an epic collapse by the, the Sacramento Kings. But I think it kind of spoke volumes to me as well that defensively, even their prior games, the Phoenix Suns allowed 116 points to the Portland trailblazers, a Blazers team that has been bottom five in offensive efficiency over the past several weeks. I think that kind of spoke volumes to me. So I'm looking at the Pelicans here minus the two uh, to take care of the, the Phoenix Suns on their home floor on Friday night here. Sleepy, do you have anything else you want to mention for this game? Yeah, I think you bring up a, a pretty good thing there with the Suns. Maybe maybe you do consider like a first quarter under because when you when you start out a game and it's like, you know, you're just fighting from behind all game long, you kind of want to avoid that. And now you have to go on the road. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, the message that's going to be sent here is that, you know, we can't start out slow in the first quarter, second quarter. Let's go ahead and buckle down on defense. Let's go ahead and, and not turn the ball over. So maybe a little bit of a slower paced defensive type game. Maybe that's the game plan here. And I think one of the things here with the Suns team is they're going to switch up their style, trying to get used to what this team is going to be most comfortable doing. And I think going in here against the Pelicans, and I think the Pelicans are a team that, you know, they don't mind focusing on defense, you know, when when they have to do that because this big three, they've been together long enough that they can kind of flip the switch. So I, I could actually see maybe a first quarter under, first half under. That might be that might be a way to go because I'm pretty sure the message to the Suns is gonna be, 
let's not start out. So we have to climb, you know, out of some 20 point hole. Yeah. I mentioned that this New Orleans Pelicans team has been one of the better teams against the spread in the first half as well on the season. The Pelicans are the second best team against the spread, uh, 28, 13 and one. And at home this season, they are, um, the second best team against the spread as well in the in the first half 15 5 and 1 against the spread the only team better at home in the first half has been the Milwaukee Bucks at 16 and 7 so if you want to get in and get out with your money with the Pelicans in the first half i couldn't talk you off of that look either so maybe let's get over to our best bets for the Friday night card here i'll lead us off uh with my best bet here hopefully i can turn the ship here i'm going to go over to LA Lakers hosting the Brooklyn Nets in this game on Friday night. And I'm taking a look at, at the home team here, the LA Lakers. Currently, the Lakers are a six and a half point home favorite against the Brooklyn Nets. And so this one is pretty simple for me here. I'm just in full fade of this Brooklyn Nets team right now. I know this was one of the teams that started off very hot against the spread in the very beginning of the season, but this team has significantly regressed uh, back to the mean here over their past several games and especially been on the road. So over their last 11 road games, the Brooklyn Nets are one and 10 against the number. They're two and nine straight up and they have the third worst offensive rating in their last 10 road games and a net rating of minus 12.5 for this Brooklyn Nets team. And they're simple. They're struggling to score points and the Nets have failed to reach 110 points or they have reached 110 points just twice over their last nine road games. And those were against the struggling defenses in that span. It was the Detroit Pistons. They they played. They were able to get to that mark. But you take a look at this Lakers team. Darvin Ham made some more lineup changes. Their focus has been on defense. And I know this team has been struggling. The Lakers coming out of winning that in-season tournament. But... The performance that they had against the Dallas Mavericks uh, the other night, I think really spoke volumes to me as well, that this team has made a, a huge commitment on the defensive side again because Darvin Ham, when he got hired as a head coach for this Lakers team, he said, we're going to win games by playing defense. And if you just take a look at the numbers that the Lakers have been one of the better home teams on the defensive side of the basketball. But at home this season, Lakers 15-7 and seven straight up. But over their last five home games, the Lakers are four and one straight up and four and one against the spread. And now you have a struggling Nets team that's coming into your building. They don't have really that consistent score on this team. I know a lot of times we talk about Mikhail Bridges, that he's able to go out there and have a fantastic performance, but he doesn't really have that secondary score on this team that can step up and help him. Meanwhile, on the Lakers side, obviously it's led by LeBron James, it's led by Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is in line to have a huge game here against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And guys coming off the bench, right? Austin Reeves has been playing well. They got Rui Yachimura back. Those guys have been providing some firepower off of the bench. Um, and D'Lo has been able to shoot the three ball very well over the past several games as well. So just a full fade of this Brooklyn Nets team. Like I mentioned, they've been struggling over the last seven games on the road. Two and nine straight up, one and 10 against the spread. I'm going to lay the chalk here. Give me the Lakers at minus six and a half hosting the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night here, Sleepy. I dig it. I was scratching my head here with this Brooklyn team, wondering like how, how, how this team could be as bad as they are right now. I think the issue here is like they have a, like a lot of guys that you would 
like be pulling off the bench, like an, a good number six, a good number seven, maybe even, you know, a fourth or a fifth starter, but obviously not like a star number one type of guy. Uh, Bridges, obviously he would be a starter, you know, probably on, on pretty much any team in the league, but it just, it feels like the minute that they started messing with the lineup, uh, bringing in guys like Cam Thomas, uh, Lonnie Walker went out. Uh, you have guys like Royce O'Neal, uh, Sharp. Just it seemed like once they started juggling that lineup a little bit, it, things started to fall apart. Like it seemed like they had a pretty good thing going there in the beginning of the year. I don't want to say anything bad about Cam Thomas because I don't know him personally, but it seems like once they inject him into uh, playing a lot of minutes, and I get it. Like when you're a coach, you you do the best job that you can, but I, that was one of the fears that I had with this Nets team was that they were very, very deep. They had five guys that uh, could be a starter pretty much on any team in the league, maybe, and even their second wave. Like, there's a lot of talent on this team, but it's not high-end talent. So, you know, how do you how do you not play a Royce O'Neal? How do you not play a, a Lonnie Walker or a Cam Thomas, for that matter? And, you know, how do you keep guys like that out of the lineup, too, because you know, they could easily mix and match a couple of guys that are in the starting lineup and say, you know what, hey, like we need Royce for, for defense or, you know, we need Cam for shooting, however you want to do it. And I think that it just it just threw a wrench into everything. Um, they, they And I get when something's working, why screw with it, right? So I think they're just kind of going through that. That's that's what I think with, with Brooklyn right now. I don't have a problem with you fading them here. It's a team that I would have trouble probably going ahead and betting in the future unless you see them – feeling really comfortable with the rotations and, and uh, you know, rattling off a couple of wins. As far as the Lakers are concerned, how could you not bet the Lakers? I think this is a pretty good spot to actually take them here because they end up playing Portland next. And, you know, they've already won three in a row. They can win another another two games. And then they get technically a road game against the Clippers, so they're going to be at home again. So they're going to be comfortable. They're going to be happy here. They can win a bunch of games in a row. I mean, their next toughest game is going to be in, against Boston. And, that's going to be on February the 1st. Like the Lakers could rip off, you know, a bunch of wins here. So I think they're going to be focused. Uh, there's no reason for that team to go ahead and look ahead. So I'd be with you then before I'd be against you in this spot for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, they're coming off the back-to-back victories against the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and the Dallas Mavericks. And now you have two opponents that you should take care of business against, like you mentioned, Sleepy and the Brooklyn Nets and the Portland Trailblazers before you do have the Clippers that you did beat. Um, you know, not too long ago, back on January 7th, and then you have the Bulls and then the Warriors who have been uh, my, been mildly struggling this season. So definitely, like you mentioned, they can rattle off um, a winning streak here, uh, in, a, in, in especially like I mentioned, that they had been really struggling coming off of that in-season tournament uh, victory and being crowned the first champions here. So my best bet, again, it's going to be the Lakers minus the 6.5, hosting the Brooklyn Nets for the Friday night card. Sleepy, what have you dug up as your best bet? Uh, for our listeners for the Friday card. All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to play the Sixers here, minus the five points. They're going to be on the road in Orlando. But Orlando was not the same team without Franz Wagner on the floor. And indeed, you know, he missed a couple games there, and he came back and he looked strong. I think Philly's poised to go ahead and go on their own run. They've won three straight games right now. It's just if you take a specific guy off of a floor for, you know, any certain team here, they can go from being pretty good to pretty bad. And I think that that's right now kind of what Orlando is dealing with. So going up against Embiid, Maxi, especially, you know, the way that Tobias Harris has been playing recently, because when Embiid went out, it seemed like Tobias kind of got in a little bit of a groove. So 
for me, the, this Philadelphia team is just dangerous right now. I don't think any team would want to play them right now. They're running pretty hot. The, the five points, just, it, it feels very, very low. I could see maybe Philly even winning in a blowout. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be the Sixers for me. I'd lay the five points. There's no – I don't even know what number I would take with Orlando. Like, I would even be afraid maybe to even take, like, double digits with Orlando even at home just because I think Franz Wagner is is a very, very important player to that team. And it just screws up so much. And, uh, you know, Orlando doesn't have enough pieces to go ahead and, and fill in those holes. So give me the Sixers minus the five. I like that one. That'll be my best bet. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, right? Without Franz Wagner in this lineup, this offense has been struggling to pull up uh, any type of successful offense. I mean, they over the last 10 games, the Orlando Magic, from an offensive rating perspective, are the fifth worst offensive rated team right down there with the Brooklyn Nets that we just talked about, the Miami Heat, the Charlotte Hornets, and the uh, Portland Trailblazers. And like you mentioned, like this Sixers team, when jo- uh, Joel Embiid was out, that Tobias Ayers was able to find his groove. Uh, and Joel Embiid has just been an absolute uh, tear uh, over the past month or so for the Sixers team. I mean, you just kind of look at his numbers and what he's been able to do over the last, you know, back-to-back games. He put up 41 points. He scored at least 30-plus in five straight games um, for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think it's going to be tough to ma- for this Orlando Magic team to match up with some of the firepower that they do have on the offensive side. And we haven't even talked about how good Tyrese Maxey has been even with Joel Embiid in the lineup, he, I mean, he's just having an incredible year for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So, yeah, I, this was one I was looking at as well. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to take this as your best bet here. So best bet for sleep is going to be the Sixers minus the five on the road against the Orlando Magic. Sleepy, so a lot of great things are happening right now at pregame.com, obviously with the NFL playoffs, um, with the divisional round this weekend. Uh, MLB is right on our corner. We are in full swing of NHL and NBA. Let our listeners know what they can take advantage of right now on pregame.com. All right. Well, right now at pregame.com, just like Manoff was saying, we got the NFL playoffs going on. So you'll have a lot of like weekend access and stuff like that. And then you get, uh, I'm not sure if they have their second half NBA and second half college basketball packages up, uh, but those generally will run what for like the next three, four months. You guys could save $50 on any of them. Anything that's under the price of $400, you can knock $50 off. So there's a pretty good time to go ahead and save money on any type of basketball. But then you also have other things like A.J. Hoffman's 90-day UFC access. There's a lot of – I mean, this is going to be one of the best runs the UFC has ever seen. Uh, you guys could save 50 bucks off that as well. So just go to pregame.com, enter code DUNK50. That will save you $50 off any package there under $400 at pregame.com. Again, it's a great time to save NFL playoffs. You guys also have March Madness uh, if you're looking for that. Like I said, UFC packages there as well. So go check it out, pregame.com, dunk50. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a celery chopped up, and – Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. 
Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. There we go. Uh, sleepy. It is Friday, which means the Friday five, uh, for the Friday night schedule. Before we give out our Friday five, let's announce the winner from last week. And that's going to be JMB 5321. He is the winner of the bulk dollars on last Friday's Friday five. And his team consisted of Carl Anthony Towns, De'Aaron Fox, Steph Curry, Desmond Bain, and Paul George. So congrats on winning. Uh, and dethroning us i know we won the previous week sleepy uh but again jmb 5321 was the winner of the friday five last week um so we'll start here with our friday five here sleepy again go to pregame.com just go to that contest tab uh look for that friday five uh contest and again enter your friday five on who you think uh will be the higher scores uh combined from the five players of your choosing we'll give out our five uh here to for the Friday five card here. So CB, the obvious one I think we're obviously going to start here here with is going to be Joel Embiid. We just talked about him and how he's been just absolutely been a monster scoring the basketball for the Philadelphia 76ers. Back-to-back games, he's put up 41 points. He scored at least 30 in five straight games for the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll start with there with Joel Embiid. Um We'll go also over to the game that I talked about in the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. I think from a matchup perspective, I think this should be a big game for Anthony Davis going up against that front court of, or lack thereof, for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I know Nick Claxton has been one of the better defensive players over the past couple seasons, but I think this might be a game where it'll be a tough matchup for him to go up against a guy like Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis we know what he is capable of doing, right? And I feel like LeBron James has came out and said that we want to turn the keys over to a guy like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis averaging close to 26.3 points per game at home this season. He's put up back-to-back uh, games of 27-plus points 
over the last two games against the OKC Thunder and the Dallas Mavericks. He also did have a 41-point outing against the Toronto Raptors um, a couple weeks ago. So another guy that we wanted to add to our Friday Five, and I'll wrap it up here if I uh, hand you over the other two guys for our Friday Five, you're sleepy. Um, we'll go with uh, Nikola Jokic, the MVP. I think that this is an advantageous, uh, advantageous matchup for him going up against the lack there of front court defense for the Boston Celtics. And we know what Nikola Jokic is capable of doing when he can walk into any gym and, and put up 30, 40 points a night. The, I think the one thing about Nikola Jokic is he's a very unselfish player. And we know that that shows up in the box score for him. But I think in this game, if he wants to lead his team to a victory here against the Boston Celtics, I think they'll need a big game out of Nikola Jokic. So I'll start with those three guys. They're um, sleepy. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and uh, Anthony Davis, three big men to start our Friday Five here. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stay in the same game that you were talking about here with Jokic, and I think maybe we just go ahead and we play Tatum. It's one of the guys that has, I don't know, it seems like some some days with our Friday Five, like a lot of people will jump on him, and he's really, he hasn't delivered for some reason or another on Friday. So I have a feeling a lot of people are going to shy away from him. This could be the game to go ahead and play him. So we're taking an interesting angle with Tatum. And you can really never be wrong for taking him. But for some reason, the Friday Five, Tatum hasn't really panned out. So I'm thinking that we're going to end up with a really, really low volume from the rest of the guys that sign up. Probably won't take Tatum. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to grab him here. And I think maybe playing LaMelo. I know it's a little bit of a risky thing. You know, the fact that he only has a couple games under his belt. But, you know, he's been scoring. And he's playing one of the worst defenses in the league in the Spurs. And the Hornets, the last time they played the Spurs, they got blown out. LaMelo only played like 27 minutes in that game. I think he had like 24 points. So I think that the fact that the Hornets are at home, they're probably not going to get blown out. I don't see them blowing anybody out. So I think LaMelo probably has a pretty big game here. been shooting the ball rather well. So we'll go ahead. We'll attack the Spurs here. And, uh, yeah. So Tatum for me, I, I think we're going to end up with a pretty good team there. Yeah, I, like, I love the LaMelo ball angle here because, like you mentioned, these two teams did match up um, actually last Friday where the Spurs actually won that game by 36 points. So the Hornets are back on their home floor hosting the San Antonio Spurs. I know uh, Victor Winbanyama will not be playing in this game. He's um, going to be playing in the Saturday game the Spurs are playing in. But that was a game where LaMelo Ball had 28 points in that game. He's coming off a game against the New Orleans Pelicans where he did have, <clears throat> excuse me, 29 points in that game. And at home this season, uh, I know it's only been nine games for me, a small sample here, but LaMelo Ball is actually averaging 27.3 points per game uh, on their home floor. So a bit of a revenge spot here. I think we'll probably start seeing an uptick in minutes as well. for LaMelo Ball, now that he has like about three games under his belt since he has returned, uh, on the floor for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So that'll round out our top five. So just to recap, we're going with uh, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, LaMelo Ball, and Jason Tatum for our Friday Five. So maybe that's going to leave us with one order of business, and that is going to be our player prop best bet. And we'll go with a guy that we had just mentioned in our Friday five, and we'll take a different angle here. That's going to be Nikola Jokic's rebounds and assist to go over 20 and a half in this game against the Boston Celtics. And a couple of reasons I do like this play. Number one, there's a few players in the NBA that can walk into any arena 
and you know are capable of dropping a triple-double. I think Nikola Jokic, Luka Dantage are at that top of the list. And we just talked about LaMelo Ball. He's also a guy that can you know fill up the box score there as well. But I think when we talked about this Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets matchup is that I feel like this is a game where Nikola Jokic is going to have success not only on the boards, but we know, like I mentioned, that he's also a very unselfish player, that he makes the right passes and finds his teammates. And at this number of 20 and a half, uh, for Nikola Jokic to go over his rebounds and assists. I think it's in a pretty good spot here. Last season, these two teams did match up, and Nikola Jokic in that game dropped a triple-double against the Boston Celtics. He finished that game with 30 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. And you take a look over the past several games here, especially on the road, he does a better job of rebounding the basketball on the road where he's averaging 12.3 rebounds per game on the road. But you take a look in his last four games He's averaging close to 12 rebounds and close to 10 assists per game. He's gone over this projection of 20 and a half rebounds and assists in four of the last five games for the Denver Nuggets. He had seven rebounds and 16 assists against the Denver, or I'm sorry, against the Detroit Pistons. Didn't get there against the Utah Jazz, fell a little bit short with 11 rebounds and six uh, assists, but against the Pelicans, 10 rebounds, 14 assists against the Pacers, 12 rebounds and nine assists. And then against the Philadelphia 76ers, like I mentioned, he had 19 rebounds in that game, so along with three assists in that game. So uh, I think that Nikola Jokic can definitely get us to the window here with our player prop best bet sleepy. So Nikola Jokic over 20 and a half rebounds and assists combined. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think that there's two reasons for this why I like this one. The fact that Jokic went into Philly against Embiid, who won the MVP last year and was outdueled. Philly gets the win there. I think that that probably, um, I don't want to say pisses off Jokic at all, but I think that, um, you know, being outdone by the league MVP when you could have actually won it, that might piss him off. So I think he looks to go ahead and come in here and probably get a triple-double. I actually think that that might be worth a look, look around to see what Jokic's triple-double odds are, because I think he's going to look to go ahead and uh, and get those rebounds. And, it, and there's a couple of reasons why I think. I think one of them is Porzingis. He's a guy that that's – not going to like really stay down low and stay in the paint. He likes to go ahead and become a little bit more of an offensive player at times. So he he just, he moves around freely. He's just not like your traditional big man. And I think that Jokic will probably get his points in the paint. I think he'll get a lot of rebounds in the paint as well. But just the fact that I, and I don't want to say that Porzingis is a poor defensive player, but if you leave holes for a guy like Jokic in any way, he's going to pick you apart. And I think that that might be the weakness of this Boston Celtics team is actually the center position with Porzingis. Um, he could score, don't get me wrong, but I think defensively he he does become a little bit of a liability. But uh, that's one of the reasons. And the other reason is just I think that Jokic right now, at least on Fandel, he, last I saw he was the leading player to go in and win the MVP. It was like plus 230 or plus 240 or something like that. And beat was second. So he wants to go ahead and maintain that because – I don't think he's going to let the MVP award just slip away like he did last year. I actually think he tanked the award, me personally. Um, but I think he's coming with the Avengers to go and get that award back this year. So I expect a big bounce back game to kind of let's just forget about what happened in Philly and let's remember what happened here. So I think Jokic is in line for a monster, but I think the rebounds, the assists come first because it's very easy to get 10 points post a triple double. So. Yeah, Jokic, over to rebounds and assists. I, I love it. I think he ends up with uh, a really big night here. Yeah, Jokic right now, the uh, 
leader as far as odds on favorite for MVP plus 230. Joel Embiid not too far behind him at plus 280. And then SGA at plus 290. So again, player prop best bet for us for the Friday night card. That's going to be Nikola Jokic rebounds and assists to go over 20 and a half. That'll wrap it up for this NBA podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. Sleepy, anything else we want to mention uh, to our wonderful listeners before we uh, go our separate ways? Yeah, you know what? I just I wanted to go ahead and alert something that you said in the beginning of the podcast, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but you know, I like how you how you said, you know, would I make this same bet again when you were talking about the Houston Rockets, and you immediately said yes, and I think that that that's something that that the listeners need to understand is that. When a guy just says, like, yes, I immediately want to make that bet again, that there's confidence with that person. But also, it's not just that um, he thought that the pick should win, but that he believed in his handicap. And I actually think that a lot. Um, And and a lot of times you you can go out there and post a pick or or make a pick, and it could have an embarrassing result. And some people will question you when you say that. It's like, I would make the same pick again. And, uh, you know, like I was talking about, like handicappers, you know, we, we love to be right, and we like to nail a handicap and, and have our pick. But, you know, it was encouraging to hear Manoff say, yeah, I would make that same pick again, even though that it lost. I don't want to say that that I know exactly how Manoff handicaps, but I could tell you that when he does the work, he believes in the pick. So it, that was just encouraging. It was something good to hear. And I think that, you know, when, when listeners hear that, um, that that should at least perk them up to, you know, to follow along, you know, with Munaf's picks you know, each and every day, follow him on here, follow him on Twitter and, uh, you know, follow him. Cause he does a lot of great work. Yeah. I, I mean, appreciate the words there, Sleepy. but I mean, like you mentioned, right? Like if you believe in your handicap and you're, you know, you're, you're finding those edges that you wanted to, you know, expose the books to, I, I think that, you know, you, you got to believe, you know, believe in your process and how you handicap games because they're, it, 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 that's just kind of how the game goes, you know, sometimes in, in betting that you have those ups and down flows. But again, if you're, you're straight to your, you know, you're handicapping and, and, you know, the way you handicap games and, and you believe in it, you know, sometimes obviously as to learn and grow as a, as a handicapper, you know, you got to make those adjustments and things like that. And, and, you know, add to your arsenal as well when you handicap these games. But um, yeah, I mean, look that, that the Rockets pick, like I mentioned, I, I would make that, that bet again, because the script, not, I'm not going to say the script, but I think the handicap when I mentioned that in that second and third quarter that they scored 65 points, they only needed to score, what six more points to get us to the window in that game and just fell short a little bit in that first and fourth quarter. They just got off to a slow start, which is uh, I didn't see coming, but Hey, you know, just stay true to your grind, you know? Um, and again, the results, if you stay true to it, you'll, you'll be at the window more times than not uh, as a handicap, not only in the NBA, but uh, any sport uh, that you do handicap. So uh, sleepy, that's going to put a, another uh, pin in our NBA podcast here. I think, we did find some winners here, uh, like you mentioned, and also uh, want to reiterate, make sure to go to pregame.com, uh, take advantage of what Sleepy mentioned as far as the great promos that we do have um, at pregame.com. Make sure you use that uh, promo code DUNK50 and take advantage of everything that is happening on pregame.com. That'll wrap it up here. We will talk to you guys uh, later. Good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.